people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back into another edition of the deluded podcast good morning and i hope you're all doing well and safe man like i said thank you very much for tuning into the deluded podcast the people's podcast the really and truly podcast and like i said good morning to you guys you know it's morning time over here in the uk good morning good afternoon good evening good night depending on who you are and whenever you're coming across this now it's friday people now i hope you've all had a good week i hope you've all you know moved that bit closer to whatever goals you're setting in your private and personal life i know with covid a lot of people's plans dreams and aspirations are on the floor but with stuff like this with adversity i honestly believe when you're met with adversity you're then met with opportunity you either feel sorry for yourselves or you smash you you smash things out the park and i hope you've all had a good week i hope you've had a good friday and things like that you know arsenal didn't lose i know we're frustrated we dropped points and we're going to get into it but we didn't lose so what it's five games on the trot we haven't lost we still live to to fight another day and I know Newcastle are going to be vexed they lost to Sheffield United so Monday is going to be a tasty one Monday evening at 8pm for those who might may not know when Arsenal next play you know Man United top of the league Paul Pogba scoring I'm even seeing Gary Neville and Paul Scholes praising Pogba so you know something's going wrong you know in in, in that way in football and you know Sunday's game, Man United versus Liverpool, sorry, is going to be an interesting one, a very interesting one. Even Clattenburg's had something to say about it. And, you know, I don't really feel there's been a real title challenge of recent years. Yes, I can say uh, Liverpool and City have been chasing it, but there ain't really been a title challenge. They ain't, ain't really been looking at teams like, okay, Liverpool lost, so this team is going to go top now. This team lost Liverpool, United, this and that. It ain't really been there. We found ourselves here now with United going top ahead of Liverpool and we've got there. And personally, listen, if it's not Arsenal and it's definitely not going to be Arsenal, I don't care who wins the league as long as it's not Spurs, but it would be nice for the neutrals to have a bit of excitement. Even, even on the last day of the season, there ain't been too many of recent years where we've said, oh, you know them ones there where, let's just use the two teams that are first and second. Like United and Liverpool might be playing, United might have scored and it's still nil-nil in the Liverpool game, so technically the league is going to Old Trafford, then Liverpool scored, then it's to Anfield. We ain't really seen that. We ain't really had the rele- the mad relegation scrappers as well. Remember when Tevez, you know, saved West Ham? We ain't seen none of that in the Premier League, really and truly. At least Arsenal, mathematically, are not in that well. Mathematically, you can still get relegated, but mathematically, we're out of that right now isn't it so i'm not gonna lie people it's frustrating but it is what it is before we get into arsenal you know one sort of one sort of result that makes the pill easier to swallow was spurs dropping points against fulham it don't matter if spurs are ahead of us or we're ahead of them we always want either team to drop points um on a serious note though obviously both managers should feel aggrieved really because what was Spurs not planning for Villa then then this game came at it I know Jose Mourinho was very critical of Scott Parker for naming his strongest team I feel in the game Spurs just didn't kill it you know and when you don't kill it you know you always run that dangerous risk it's just like against Newcastle at at, at White Hart Lane a um, few months ago towards the start of the season in that Liverpool um, Spurs sorry were all over Newcastle bag of chances fundamentally didn't take them and then you know the VAR came to shake them and that's been a fit you know I, I've said this before Spurs have made games this season way harder than it needs to be that even when they've won when they beat West Bromwich Albion you know it, things like that there's been that consistency when they drop points against West Ham as well a mixture of defensively but also feel that now of course sometimes these things happen but when it happens more often than not it's what you're doing now 
I don't feel they killed off the game. The game could have been killed. I'm not going to lie. There was a 20-minute passage, maybe in the first half, where, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was playing really well. I'm not too sure if it's being a bit too generous to Fulham to say they were all over Spurs, but they definitely had a spell of dominance and things like that. And then after that, you saw the script, you know, Harry Kane scored from for, with, with a, um, he scored. And then obviously, like I said, they failed to take their chances. And the, the longer it stays at 1-0, the more you have a chance. And one thing I'll give Fulham, whether it works out for them staying in the league or not, you know, they've, they've fought back because uh, look at them, they're a dramatically better team nowadays than they were at the start of the year ultimately I think they might struggle because the quality is not there but Scott Parker's found some spirit you know this isn't you, you this don't look like the same Fulham that got smacked up against Arsenal or the week after like making those championship level mistakes obviously they still didn't they didn't take three points but there's there's way more of a fight back and you know, courtesy of Ivan Caviero, um, former Wolves man can't spell his name he headed he headed home Davison Sanchez got torn a new one and you know, he started well at Ajax. His Spurs career started well, but he's just he just looks worse and worse every game for Spurs now. And I, and I think, you know, if you're not looking like a 30 centre-half under Jose Mourinho, it's not going to happen for you really and truly because you're 23 or so. Jose Mourinho, the one area you can really say he improves people and actually brings young players through, like you've seen with Tashebi and Tanganga now at Spurs, is centre-half. So if you're not looking like a 30 centre-half, I think you've got to ask yourself questions, really and truly. I don't feel they killed the game. And it's it's two points dropped for Fulham. I mean, it's two points dropped for Spurs. It's a point game for Fulham, even though that's a bit disrespectful because I'm sure both teams would consider in, the, in that game they could have got something from it. In relation to that game, Scott Parker said, I owe no one an apology. This football club owes no one an apology. You can talk from the outside and people can see what they want to see and work out exactly what, what the script is. But it was far from that. There were two players on that pitch that I'd only trained for one day. They'd come, they'd come back from COVID and played in that game. I had three. I had players on the on the pitch that had just three or four days training. The issue for me regarding this fixture wasn't wasn't having just two days to prepare for it. I understand it. The issue was 16 games ago. This match was scheduled in, but since then we've had 10 positive cases, including a couple of staff. And then on Monday morning we got told we had to play this game. That was my issue. People understood the predicament we were in. We wasn't making it up. We've been very open in terms of safety, in, in terms of the safety of others too. And, I, and, you know, COVID is still a problem. You know, we were told actually last year this would be patterned by summer, but it isn't, you know. I know there's a vaccine and things, but it's it. Uh, COVID threatens to disrupt the fabric again of the Premier League. You know, I think, uh, who is it? Everton, whoever Everton are playing on the weekend, I could be wrong. I'm sure that game has been cancelled. We've obviously seen Spurs versus Villa. The original game for this week was rescheduled. Um, and there's been a couple of games that we've seen across the Premier League and more so the lower you go down the footballing pyramid. And there's been a whole lot of talk, people. There's been a lot of talk over footballers and footballers' conduct outside of outside of football. You know, you're seeing a lot of footballers get in trouble for having parties, meeting up at Christmas, breaking some sort of COVID regulation. Some people are even crashing cars, Sheffield United strikers. And many people would say the footballers need the books thrown at them. Maybe the Premier League, the FA, football clubs could be a bit tougher. And I agree, you know, not just for footballers, for everyone in society, really and really and truly. We all need to do a bit better, even if some people, unless you're exempt from wearing masks for medical reasons, I think you should wear a mask. I'm hearing people say things like, oh, and the mask can't really protect them and them. But, you know, you're hearing things like, oh, it's not comfortable. It's just selfishness, people. And 
I would say this as well. I think a lot, it's like, I'm not excusing anybody, but it's like people want the book thrown at footballers when they're breaking laws themselves. People are still, certain men are still meeting their friends and they're saying that, you know, the Premier League can fix up. Yes, they're in a privileged position, but come on now. A lot of people are, 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 are doing things. And I know a lot has been said about maybe clubs finding players. If, if I was the clubs, I would find players purely because you're just putting our team in negative light. Like we don't need the headlines, the yellow bar on Sky Sports, Joe Joe Bloggs of ABC United, you know, caught in a New Year's party or having a party while during COVID lockdown regulations, tier four or five or whatever they call it now. I would, if I was a club, I'd find people because I just care about my PR. Now, obviously, I care about safety and things, but PR is not looking good. You're being stupid now. So that's where I would be a bit, a bit harsher and a bit tougher and things like that. I don't feel the footballing associations are helping football teams really because let's just say Fulham had to play a weakened team. What would happen? I do think we threaten to ruin the integrity of this league depending on how COVID happens. I'm keen to see how it impacts the league title. If anything happens there, relegation and all these other spots and things people because again covid regulations are popping up there's all sorts of bubbles again i was quite upset commend the great fast and village young players to get chances against a liverpool team is something of dreams but you know i think things like that for me harm the integrity you know of it who knows villa might have went on to go to another final like 2015 if they could play along a, a, a stronger team why couldn't it be rescheduled I also think in relation to celebrations, that's a myth. You know, I, I again, I understand why they, they you can put in a message, but personally, how far you know? Can you really tell footballers not to not to hug and whatnot? And is it really? Does it really have a have a? Is, is it really sensible at that point? Yes, you could say yes for obvious reasons. You're you know you might not have it and you might just give it to someone. But on the same token, these footballers are being tested a lot, even more so because they've increased the testing. They're in a bubble together, I believe. Nine times out of ten, um, you know they're they're playing with one in one another. You know they they're getting close enough, tackling, fouling each other, grabbing each other's shirts. Everybody's spitting on the floor, and then everybody's still slide tackling in that same spit. Not that I think that's that's nice. Or, or whatever this is just a reality of football you know they're getting in each other's faces they're man marking each other at set pieces is it really wise to now say oh socially distant celebrations and things like at the start you know it's a bit reductive if we're going to do that then really football at this moment in time shouldn't be a contact sport and i'm not saying there isn't any truth with doing something like that it's just it's not making much sense you know these players are grabbing shirts you know it, it, it's not making sense. They're touching each other's hands when they're getting subbed. I don't see any any hand sanitizer and things like that. There isn't too much more you can do in that regards, people. So we'll have to see. But like I said, it's a, a, a point doesn't help Fulham in their quest to stay in the league. Spurs, I'm sure they want to, you know, cement top four. And Spurs fans and Spurs were talking about a title challenge. Mathematically, it's still possible. So I'm sure it's a, it's a, it's two points dropped for both teams. But on many hands, it's a point gained, really. Not so much for Spurs. I cannot even lie. Um, I can't. I can't imagine Jose being happy about this. But moving away from that, Manchester United defeated Burnley a goal to nil. That was a decent game for me. Not because Burnley done their best to make it boring, but you know, not the club. Well, Man United is a very likable club away from the fans. In fact, there's a lot. Oh, oh, I, listen, I'm you don't know me. I'm quite a neutral, a neutral Arsenal fan. Like I love Arsenal Football Club. That's the club. I'll never leave this club. But you know, I look at clubs with prestige, and I think obviously it's not the Man United I grew up watching in being envious of and ruining my, my days as an Arsenal fan. 
to be fair though, there was a stage where it was lovely to be an Arsenal fan. Wenger came here bullying Salix Ferguson, giving him something to think about. Ferguson won the war, but we we won a couple battles. And for little old Arsenal, that was great. You remember? I remember the days when Salix Ferguson had a worse head-to-head record against Arsene Wenger. That's how you know it's a long time ago. But you know, Man United—they're a club that should be. When you think of Man United, for me, anyways, I attract, I attr- I attach it. Sorry to winning to stuff like that and. They found themselves in a league title challenge. And I know a lot of their fans or the ones that I speak to are getting a bit excited in January talking about a league, we're winning the league and things like that. You know, you should be, you should believe so. You know, you're Man United. You should believe so. And on that hand as well, make sure that energy is there in May because a lot of football's to be played. United will drop points as will everyone else. But I think United are doing their thing and you can't say they're not in a title challenge. If you say they're not in a title challenge, you're hating. You can say you don't think they're going to win it, but they mathematically they're there. They have a say, you know. You can't sit here. Man can't sit here and say, still, you even seeing some man say Chelsea and Spurs and all these teams let, are all in a title challenge. You know, you can't even rule out Leicester for me, but Leicester are behind um, United right now. And to be fair, they're probably licking their lips because Liverpool and, and, and United, I'm sure both teams would take a draw prior to playing that game. But Leicester are probably hoping somebody loses. Either way, they can advance on someone. Um, Pogba quality strike from Paul Pogba. I can't even remember who assisted it. It could have been Marcus Rashford. Um, you know, they got over the line. Yeah, it, was bought. it wasn't It was the most exciting game. Yeah, it was a bit of a struggle. I did think certain United players still playing poorly. But it is what it is. And, you know, Pogba, again, you know, maybe winning the league. You know, if they win the league, will Pogba leave? On one hand, you could say yes, because what, what other way to leave? You know, you could say what you want about me. Uh, me in my time in England, but I've won a European trophy. I'm sure Pogba was there when they won the FA Cup. I could be wrong, but I've won an FA Cup. I've won a European trophy. If somehow they win the Premier League, I'll be like, all right, cool. SYM to you haters. I'm out of here. I've won the World Cup as well. Not relevant to United, but while I've been here, safe. I'm leaving the champion. There's no better way to leave than at the top sort of thing. But on the other hand, you know, you could say, no, it's like, why would you leave? If you've won a league title, you know, play other players are going to want to come and be a part of this. You know, things could turn around. Uh, it's, it's funny enough, but I do think some United fans would actually say Ole Gullit Solskjaer needs to leave even if they win the league title. And to be fair, I don't think they're wrong. You know, Ole Gullit Solskjaer's doing his best to make me humble pie. He's doing his thing. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a case of most teams in this league, whether you're fighting for relegation or to stay in the league better yet, whether you're fighting for the league title, whether you're fighting for top four or a top par finish. I don't think any team is glaringly, obviously clear of the others. Like, I don't feel there's a Pep Guardiola Barcelona team in La Liga, which was evidently head and shoulders above teams. Yes, I think Liverpool are, are, can smack most teams. For United on their day, can chuck it, chuck it to most teams. Um, based on this, I feel Leicester are playing quite well um, and, and a couple of other teams and whatnot. But I don't feel it's a case of one team is looking amazing across across all cylinders. Everybody's dropping points. Everybody's feeling the effects with injuries. You know, Everybody's making games, then it's harder to be. Everybody's defence is moving poor in some aspects, some more than others. Big up Arsenal keeping a clean sheet this week. Um, not too many of those DC this season. But um, yeah, it's what you make of it. It's who can capitalise, who can mount a run of games. And to be fair, you know, United have got to do their thing. They've got both sets of teams have an interesting set of fixtures to play people. So we'll have to see. But first and foremost, they've got to get at each other. And for Liverpool, Liverpool have a target on their backs. You could say United because United are top, but 
I'm pretty sure most people still have Liverpool down as the favourites, probably for that game on Sunday and to win the league title. And you can see with the way Klopp, for me, is speaking, there's there's there's, there's cracks within that armour, the way the players are played. Because, you know, United had a game in hand, but at the end of the day, you could still be top. And we all know you, um, Liverpool have made games 10 times harder this season than it needs to be. Um, wonder if they'll sign a centre half this 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 window. But either way, man, you know United did what they needed to do. Important three points. Pogba the catalyst. Sheffield United defeated Newcastle, and I'm wary of that now because we're the ones who got to play Newcastle on Monday, and they're gonna have to put in a performance. Sheffield United can't say too many times they've been able to win games, but they got three points, people, and they're gonna you know that's a that's an important three points for them. My football club, in fact, we'll, we'll wait for that. Shout out to Iwobi, as a courtesy of Iwobi and Michael Keane. You know, you, um, Everton snatched all three points from Wolves. Um, Wolves, for me, didn't take. They had a number of chances within that first half, and I think they could have killed off the game personally. Not quality chances, but chances nonetheless. I think Brighton did very well against Man City to hold on as well, but forget all of that, man. Shout out to Raheem Sterling for that terrible penalty. You know, I still love you, Sterling. You're a great footballer. But I used to feel Foden show, man. What a player Phil Foden is. The, first and foremost, the maturity he plays with, you know, the, the slight of feet, you know, forget the goal. He scored and he gave, for me, he gave the keeper the eyes. The keeper thinks he's going far post. He's done what he's need to, needed to do. But it's the decision making. It's them cute little mercurial steps and twinkle toes. What a player Phil Foden is, man. And he, again, I'm a bit nervous having someone like Graham, um, man, call him Graham, Gareth Southgate. But, you know, that's a man you've got to build the team around. Phil Foden and Grealish and players like that, you know, whether you've got to go Grealish on the left, Foden in the middle, go with two workhorses behind Foden to kind of counteract and balance things. You know, we've got to do things. Personally, I would like to see at this moment in time, Foden, I'd probably say Foden, Henderson and Calvin Phillips. It's not as as attacking as I, as I would like, but I think that's a decent lineup. Grealish off that left, really, and truly came through the middle, right-hand side, still up for grabs, whether that's Sanjo, whether that's Sterling, whether that's whatever sort of thing. But I don't think Southgate would do that, and plus they haven't played together. But either way, you know, it's, it's, it's listen, a loss is a loss, but I think Brighton did well to only lose 1-0. I don't think City took their chances in that regard. I actually felt Mahrez played quite poor people. But either way, three points is three points. It's another clean sheet for City. It's three points. And, you know, I'm sure City would, would enjoy this because everyone can see they're getting informed. But the focus, the focus is on Manchester United and Liverpool. So they're out of sight, out of mind. All Pep's got to do is just keep winning these little games. And before you know it, you know, you're top of the league again. And like I said, the Leicesters, the Cities, they're looking at this game between the, the two rivals and thinking, yo, this is a game we could take advantage of sort of thing, people. So, like I said, Fulham and Spurs drew. Manchester United defeated Burnley a goal to nil, as did Manchester City against Brighton. Sheffield United claimed three points. You can't say that too many times this season. Everton and big up our former Guna Iwobi won two goals to one against Wolves people now saving the best till last Arsenal drew nil nil 180 minutes without a goal now if we can if we um, in normal time if we consider the FA Cup I know Arteta's spoken about fatigue and things like that how far can that really go for me because yeah there's probably elements of it but it's not like we've had two games in two days if we're if we're complaining about fatigue now where we've had basically a week you know we played last Saturday and we've now played on the Thursday what are we going to say when we play on Monday fatigue or not 
you know, we've got to counteract against that. And if fatigue is an issue, and I'm not saying you can change the team based on how we're playing, but if fatigue is an issue, change up things. Now, in hindsight, you know, I know why he went with Bakayo Saka on the right-hand side. Saka didn't have the best of games. He's a quality player, though. Um, you know, he gives a lot defensively. He's in form. You don't want to change things. You've thrown in Maitland-Niles, who hasn't got too many minutes in his legs, and he showed his rawness. You know, Maitland-Niles appalling on the ball, really and truly. Did have some good incidences with a couple of good balls in the box, and he had that little tame effort shot, but... Maitland now, is, I think his passing accuracy is at 65%. He just never got going and he looked like someone who hasn't played that much football. So could it have been worth going with Bakayo Saka there? Trying to get something down the left-hand side considering Tierney's gone and then doing something else on the right-hand side? Could it, could, it have, could it have been that? You know, could you have could you have done that? Or, you know, I don't I don't think William should play, but everybody talks about how good William is defensively. Do you bring William on the right-hand side and put Saka at left-back? Or could you have done something where, if, okay, cool, if you're worried defensively, you know, play Maitland-Niles where Saka is. Obviously not the same way. He's almost like a wing-back sort of thing. Do you get it, people? Like, he's like a second fullback. It's almost like him and Bellerin down that flank. And also, I would have liked to have seen... Uh, listen, I'm not complaining with the sub of Maitland-Niles. I was calling to take Maitland-Niles off, move Saka over there and bring Pepe on, who was, was you know... At the point I didn't want to speak about Pepe, Pepe was poor. But could it have been better? Because you did see Bellerin had a reluctance to take on to, to make that overlapping run when Bellerin when 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 Fingy was there, when Pepe was there. It's only not highlighted when Saka plays because Saka plays quite more narrow and goes inside. So it looks like Bellerin's got all that space. Bellerin showed a real reluctance to go forward. So could it have been worth putting taking off Bellerin? He was playing better than Maitland now. You know, Maitland-Niles and Pepe have a better partnership with each other. Could it have been worth that? I don't know, people. I don't think it's worth it, but I've got a, I've got a job to play devil's advocate. So I'm not too sure how how far the, the excuse of fatigue goes. Personally, I think we shot ourselves in the foot. Um, we started all right for 10 minutes, but still the passing wasn't quite there. We're being quite... Like, Xhaka was one of the best players on the field, people, to be fair with you from an Arsenal perspective. Um, and he made some great tackles, but for every great tackle he made, he gave the ball and every great pass. He gave the ball away and conceded some needless tackles. And at the end, he almost slipped and AU could have taken advantage. But Xhaka was all right. So Bios was looking like the Real Madrid, looking like the player that we got on loan from Real Madrid for 45 minutes in the first half with them difficult. He was one of the only players looking to play those passes. Then he went anonymous. I feel David Luiz and Holden were, were good. You know, Leno saved our bacon. You know, we could look at this and say it's a point gain for us because I actually feel... We had some chances in the second half with Lacazette, but, you know, Palace might say, do you know what? We had the better chances and I can't argue against that. You know, Leno, 41st minute, had to make a big save to deny Benteke people. Then obviously, just before that, Tomkins hit the bar. Apart from a Bamian shot where it made it looked more like an effort than it was purely because Guita, you know, he's not a good keeper. He's a, he, he's done all right, but he's, st he, he, he's just done some unorthodox stuff and spilt it. You know, that's why I would have liked to have seen more shots, you know. And this is a team for me as well. I didn't really see a team play yesterday not that we's appalling but you heard our manager manager say we need six points this these these two game weeks to get back into the top four top six shouts which we all think is unrealistic i didn't really see a team that really understood that come minute 90 if you haven't got three points you're in trouble in that regards people and that you know i've taken nothing away from crystal palace they were four four two two banks of four very narrow they did their job really and truly but i think we just engineered it and for me now it's five games because we didn't win, but prior is four games unbeaten and um, four games Palace are unbeaten against us. So for me, there's a chance to put that negative who do wrong sort of thing. Right, sorry. 
in. I, I, to be honest, you know, I've watched the game again. I don't know what Sky Sports are smoking. They're giving Eze man of the match and stuff. Do you know how dead that game was? There is no man of the match from both teams. You know, Eze, he, he, that's not even the best I've seen Eze play. I've seen him play better for QPR. You know, I think he was quite timid in that regard. I did think there was periods the game opened up, of course, and Zaha and Eze and he, Ben Teke had a couple of half-decent chances throughout the game, really and truly. Um, it was quite poor. Rob Hold, you know, I can remember Rob Holding having half-arced efforts that didn't hit the target. I can't remember too much, you know. I can remember a tame effort from outside the area for Saka, equally Maitland-Niles, Aubameyang where it's, it's funded into Guita. Apart from that, there weren't too many chances, you know. Bellerin's putting crosses into the box, but he's capped, you know. The crosses just aren't good enough. There was that incident, obviously, Be Bellerin, if he had a bit of awareness and he let, it, he let the ball trickle through to an informed Lacazette. Lacazette, who was anonymous and looked lethargic and looked like the pre-form Lacazette, he might have bagged the goal, really. But it's just anonymous performances. It's, yeah, there's probably an element of fatigue, but I don't think it's that. We just were very sloppy. We didn't really test their goalie. And it was just, you know, we were very stale. There was a lack of movement. You know, there was a lack of plan B. I ultimately feel we just started reverting back to type and reverting back to old habits, personally, people. And that's what we saw in that game. Um, It is what it is. With that, at least Arsenal get a clean sheet, though, people. I'm not going to sit here in cap um I'll I'll take that and you get you have to get you have to get how you live really and truly um just for some some statistics for you no Arsenal player had more shots or created more chances than Rob Holding to a piece in those regards when your centre half is your most attacking threat you know there's something wrong um Crystal Palace have kept back-to-back -back clean sheets in the Premier League for the first time since February slash June 2020 where it's four games um, so again, not asking questions. Both teams can't defend and I'm sure both teams would have liked to have exploited that a bit more. I know statistically we're doing all right for defending. You know, Granite Xhaka made six tackles against Crystal Palace. You know, he made the most tackles, the most clearances, the most draws won. He won the ball back the most time in terms of ball recoveries. He made the most passes and had the most touches. So Granite Xhaka did put himself around, you know, for me, six, maybe a seven out of ten. I have to, I can't really give a seven because I think he, very thing I can praise him about, I think he kind of struggled, but he would be, for me, I'd say holding David Luiz, probably Granite Xhaka, to be fair with you, you know, I don't think Bellerin was amazing, but I don't think he got ripped, so I could, and at least he put himself around, I feel other men were anonymous, Smithrow was about in patches, and it ultimately showed what happens when we miss Kieran Tierney, you see what he gives us down that left-hand side, I think it shows what happened when we've got young players like Smithrow and Saka, you know, you want every player to play well, but when they're having off days or are experienced players that have found form recently, like Lacazette are having off days, there's no other protagonist within the team and we do struggle within that regards, people. So I think that's why Arsenal found themselves in that position, people, really, really and truly. Apologies why I just make a note on, on, on such people. Just want to speak about that on my YouTube vids. For those who don't know, I'm probably going to go live on YouTube from 11.30 a.m. UK time today, Friday um, or, or, or so. And we'll speak about the game more in depth, people. So I think we shot ourselves in the foot. You know, Crystal Palace, five games unbeaten against Arsenal. Well done. Shout out to Mikel Arteta for tackling Townsend. I don't know why Townsend was trying to get smoky with him, you know. 
<clears throat> if I was if I was Arteta, I would have said, I don't know why you're getting on me, mate. I can still see your wig on the right hand side of the pitch. We did on the left hand side, mate. You know, we need some rattlers. So, um, we're back to square one, really and truly. We need to remember it. You know, it's not the end of the world. We did get a point. A point's not going to help us, especially because we're finding a bit of form. But what can I say other than, you know, we've got to go to Monday now. It's irrelevant now. The games, we can't go back in time. We take some positives if there are any. For me, let's think about why we didn't have the best of games. And we go again. Shout out to Eze though, because, you know, I don't, I, I think they were overdoing it. But he completed the most take-ons and created the most chances against Arsenal. Five take-ons, three chances created. I always talk about, or I talked about before, that when you look at Crystal Palace in a healthy way, you've got piano players and piano pushers, you know. The piano players are the Eze's and the Zaha's. With all due respect, you need piano pushers. You know, nobody comes to the theatre to watch the janitor push the piano onto the stage. But everyone will come and pay it, sell out the arena when wh whatever the leading pianoist or whatever they call it is performing. Do you get on that same, very same piano? The James MacArthur's and players like that, they're the piano pushers. They're the ones that have to do the doggy work. Not that they don't have to, they can't score. They're not the ones that can create, but you know, they're the ones for that. And I feel, again, we're going to focus on the Eze's. Obviously, Zaha had some good touches. But I think James MacArthur and their man there in the midfield, Milivojevic as well. And considering Milivojevic is actually getting on a bit, I think they worked very hard in that midfield. And that's why I'm onto them a bit more as well, Arsenal. Because I don't think we exploited the fact that, obviously, when Crystal Palace are going to go two banks or four and be quite narrow, it doesn't matter. But I feel, in theory, if you've got three midfielders on and they've got two, you know, I I I yes, I barely pass maths at GCSE level, but surely having three is better than two. You can say quality over quantity, and I don't think we really exploited that in that that regards. But shout out to James MacArthur because he got stuck in the trenches, people. He made more ball recoveries with thirteen and won the more most tackles than any player against Arsenal for his team. He made four tackles and won the ball back thirteen times. You know, obviously, I'd love to see in video footage these thirteen because sometimes they might you know be ones we wouldn't really count, but. Nonetheless, they did what it needed to do. And once again, you know, four draws and one win now means Crystal Palace are unbeaten in five Premier League games against us. All board draw. I thought AU was going to come on and score definitely when Xhaka slipped. But it is what it is. And fundamentally, this is now Arsenal's longest winless run against the Eagles in the top flight. I've got no problem with the Eagles from a neutral point of view. I'm sure, you know, if you're from London, you've got a couple bit of love for Crystal Palace. And I'm sure the South London Gooners do as well. Probably even Smith Rowe himself and Nelson, who played no part. Um, it is where it is, people, man. We dropped two points. Probably you could say a point gain because, you know, definitely in the 38th and 41st minute, thanks to Leno and thanks to the, the crossbar, it could have been 2-0. But coulda, woulda, shoulda isn't facts. It is what it is in that regards, people. It firmly is what it is. I didn't mention it earlier as well, but in other news, sadly, um, Danny Ings has tested positive for COVID. Um, so I'm not too sure if he'll be involved um, in the near future for his team, people. If we start to preview the Premier League action this week, people, if you give me one second to draw for my notes, um, we can talk about the Premier League action to come. Now, we all know... Listen, I'm an Arsenal fan, so all I care about really is is the, is the Monday. Um, but I'm sure you've all seen Manchester United, Liverpool, Liverpool, Manchester United. That's a game for the neutrals we all want to watch. You know, Mane, Salah. 
Pogba, you know, it probably it probably will be the McTominays, the Milners, the Hendersons, with all due respect to all of those players, people. They're all Premier League footballers that make the difference, but you can't help but focus, you know, Klopp, Solskjaer, it's all block box office sort of thing, people, really and truly. You know, you've got Wolves against West Brom from 12.30 tomorrow, Saturday, people, Midlands, Derby, you know, West Brom need to win. Wolves, I'm sure, are vex after dropping points. There's a lot of speculation over their manager as well. West Ham welcome Burnley to the London Stadium. Interesting game. I'll always back West Ham against Burnley. I'm not a fan of Burnley, really and truly. Leeds United versus Brighton. Ben White might get to play against the team he spent a loan spell at. I'm sure Brighton, you know, it's another away game. You know, like I get, you know, I'm sure they want to put in a performance there. I'm sure Brighton want to win. It's not been a positive recent weeks. You know, Fulham just cut another London derby just off the back of playing Spurs and getting a point against Spurs. You know, they'll be without Loftus-Cheek, who played well because they're about to play his his parent club in Chelsea. You know, it's Southwest London derby. I always, many people think that is West. I'm t- technically sure both of those teams are Southwest London. I used to work at Chelsea, so I should know that. And obviously, I'm sure we all, if you go to Chelsea, what was the station I used to go to? Is it Fulham Road or something like that? You can go to a couple of them, really, but it was Fulham Road. Um, and Fulham's just up the road as well. So it's a it's a... It's a it's a derby it's a derby of sorts. I'm sure Anya, the, the defender for the defender for Fulham, will have something to say in that game or would want something to say in that game. When I look at how Fulham have played against City, against Spurs and a couple of recent games, I think they've done better. So there's a bit of spirit there. I'm interested to see what happens at 5:30 tomorrow. Another game which is going under the radar for me, people, Leicester City versus Southampton. Southampton without Danny Ings. That's a tasty game for me personally. As you lot all remember, that fixture will be permanently etched into Premier League history purely because of sadly what happened to Southampton when Hassan Hutu was, was in his early days, really, when they got hit for seven or so. It was a Mazzolini. They've come a long way since then. It's not going to be that sort of result again. Leicester are going to have to be at their best when they welcome South, Southampton to their place. Um, we're going to have to see what on. Crystal Palace, again, big point against a big point against Arsenal. Won't surprise me if they drop all three points against Man City. But nonetheless, that's a tasty game. You've got Manchester City against Crystal Palace. You've got Liverpool against Manchester United, as we've spoken about. Who wins that game? I don't have a clue, people. It's first versus second. Liverpool are on 36 points. You know, you're not 33 apologies. United are on 36. Um, you know, you've got City and Leicester behind them with 32. At, boy, you can't even rule out Everton. They're on 32. The maddest of things is Spurs win. Then Spurs beat Sheffield United. They're on 33. You can't say they're out of the title challenge. But saying that, well, I'll go on for Southampton. Southampton beat Leicester, um, beat Leicester City now. And they go from 29 points to being firmly in that. Of course, goal difference and all of this thing plays a part. But it's an interesting one. You can't really make... Make a case of, of who's going to get into the top four, who's going to win the league and all of these things. Because I could, I would arguably say, you know, there's a big chance the top four could stay how it is with United first. In no order, but United, Liverpool, City and Leicester. But then even I see Spurs finishing in the top four at the end of the season. I, I, I did see Chelsea and I'm not going to rule out Chelsea. Hope to God somehow... Arsenal on 24 points is able to catch up to 32 points and be there with Leicester. But we all know that's dream chasing. So that game is going to be very interesting, people. Extremely interesting. Liverpool have won their last two home games against Manchester United. The last time they did three in a row was in March 2011. Manchester United are actually winless in their last four Premier League games against Liverpool. And you'd back them to actually change that now based on how they're playing. Um, you know, Man United are going to have to shoot if they want to score against against Liverpool. And they've had just 77 
shots in their last 11 Premier League games against Liverpool, failing to register double figures for attempts since December 2014. They've got to do a lot better. Liverpool are winless in, in three Premier League games and they failed to score in their last two. So it's not that Liverpool side, people. So it's a bit crazy, people. Liverpool lost their first league game of 2021, but they haven't started a calendar year with back-to-back consecutive league defeats since 93, people. Um, the the Reds, we've also got to remember, is the Reds, not the Red Devils, but the Reds are actually unbeaten in 67 home Premier League games. I expect Sir Alex Ferguson to be at the game, so maybe VAR getting paid off, people. We'll have to see. Sheffield United welcome Spurs. You know, Sheffield United got a good three points, but I can't, I can't see them beating Spurs. I hope to be wrong, but I can't see them beating Spurs. You know, Spurs are winless in their last seven away league matches against Sheffield United. Those things have to end soon. You know, Sheffield have lost just two of their last 11 top flight games against Spurs but on the current form of of Sheffield United whether they've won or not I can't back them to record victory so let's see what happens the last fixture of this game week will be Arsenal versus Newcastle now we beat them in the FA Cup we haven't scored in 180 minutes of football in all comp in the last two games in all comps people excluding extra time we've got a reaction now you know you said six points can you make it four? So at least it's just a two points dropped. It's not. It's it's not. It's not two. It's not. You've picked up two points and you've and you've dropped four points. So we need to react, people. We could slip further down the table as well. You know, you've got Leeds, Palace, Wolves. You know, all can move move ahead of us mathematically if we don't do our job. So we need to win. For Newcastle, they sit fifteenth. You know, they've lost the last couple of games. The fans are on to Steve Bruce. There's going to need to be a reaction. There's going to need to be a firm reaction. So I'm keen to see you know, the Premier League action this week and hopefully Arsenal can get back to winning ways, people, really and truly. In other news and focusing on transfers, people, in fact, before that, you know, apparently Derby were in talks of being taken over by a shake. Apparently they could face the prospect of being docked points because they still haven't paid some of their players, really, people. I think their players have, some of their players haven't been played since December and they're still waiting. You know, there's no funds apparently to cover their salaries um, and they face potentially putting players, um, they face potentially players putting in their notice if wages are two weeks late people and that would also lead to a possible points penalty Derby are struggling already and that could obviously they might have to sell their talented players there's a whole bunch of kids that have recently made their debuts we all know about Louis Sibley and Jason Knight you know 19 years of age established first teamers won't be nice for Wayne Rooney um you know well, apparently, Senjis Under is playing for his Leicester City future. The club will assess him at the end of the season. He's hardly made the impact we thought he would make in the Midlands. Jack Clark is apparently set to finalise a loan move from Spurs to ship to Stoke City on loan. Apparently, Jack Wilshere has impressed Jason Tindall and he could earn a short-term contract with the Championship side. It'd be good for Jack Wilshere to get some game time. Apparently, AC Milan have, have held talks with, with Mandzukic people. That could be a move. Apparently, John Joe Kelly wants to leave Everton and he could go to Burnley. Um, Harry Winks has been linked with a move to Valencia, but Jose Mourinho insists he will be going nowhere. Eric Garcia of Manchester City, allegedly people, has agreed personal terms with Barcelona. Um, the move is, is yet to be completed, but apparently it's widely expected he'll move for free. Um, I spoke about it before, but apparently, you know, Balogun's been linked with Leipzig and things like that. Liverpool are planning a summer move for Brighton defender Ben White, who apparently, before we actually got this chance this season at Brighton, they were keeping tabs on him. So that could be a move. I'm sure, I'm sure Liverpool fans would love a centre-half in this window. Ronald Koeman is confident, apparently, of signing, you know, Dutch internationals. 
Memphis Depay and obviously Ronaldo free transfers this season and again we've heard that before Meze Ozil is apparently willing to forego some of the 7 million due to him to secure a move away from this away from Arsenal speaking about want away players in North London forgotten man Danny Rose apparently Spurs could cancel his contract people and apparently West Brom Ajalbion are interested within the 30 year old um, apparently Steve Bruce retains the support of the owner Mike Ashley despite calls for him being sacked and obviously their woeful form Jesse Lingard apparently has held initial talks with Nice over a loan move and they're expected to make an official approach um, this week, next week, apologies. You know, Lingard is not good enough for Man United. He hasn't been for a long period of time. He deserves the right to go somewhere and play football. And at 28 years of age, you need to make that move. I know he's technically signed a new deal at United and he probably to protect potential resale value ahead of a permanent move at the end of the season. But when I look at Lingard, when I look at Dele Alli, you know, you lot are not going to go, you lot are not going to go to the Euros in my opinion, but to have any chance, you've got to be playing on a regular basis. Who knows? You go to Nice, you bad it up, people say, oh, where's this Jesse Lingard been? You might get a call up. You know Southgate plays his favourites. If he could, he'd probably still be calling up Danny Welbeck. So you've got to put in a shift. Finally, people, Everton are apparently close to signing Bayern Munich forward Joshua Zeki on loan with a view to a permanent deal, which is a firm replacement for Moise Keane. He's got a lot of talent he hasn't played a lot people so who really knows his real level um arsenal have, as you lot know people arsenal have revealed that um richard garlic will be taking on a role of director of football operations at, at the emirates stadium um and obviously he will be bringing in further assistance for both Mikel Arteta and edu it's expected that he will join in in the coming months he's still i guess got gardening leave or got a contract to fulfill in his current position he's previously spent time working at the premier league where he is now before that he was at west brom and it's expected he'll be stepping into the void created by Hasfame's departure from Arsenal Football Club in October of last year. Um, so it is what it is in that regards, people. It firmly is what it is. So, yeah, across these 40 minutes, we've reviewed the Premier League action. We've pre previewed the Premier League to come, spoken about transfers. We've touched on COVID and, and all of these sort of things um, and whatnot, people. Um so, yeah, it's been good. But finally, apparently, people, you, as you lot know, a lot of clubs and I think we're going to find ourselves in a future where there's not going to be youth academies from, I'd say, from six, seven to what, let's say 15. A lot of clubs are not going to run that. You're going to see elite centres, maybe Sunday league teams or grassroots clubs that um, have partnerships so that when these best players from the ages of 14, they can be picked up. A lot of teams are going to the plan B and I mean the B team and C team rotors, you know, they might have an under 18s team at 23s and then, you know, it is what it is in that regards. I can't, on one hand, I get it, you know, I mean, I don't get it because, you know, you're losing players of, of tomorrow and, you know, not everyone can be, not everyone, you know, if you're a footballer at Birmingham, you're not really, you might not get an opportunity to go to Man United and be a professional footballer. A lot of people are going to get moves. You know, there's definitely a lot of talented players at, at Birmingham. You know, you've seen players come through their academy. They've got Jude Bellingham, Joe Bellingham, the brother of Jude Bellingham. You know, they've got Rico Brown or is it something Brown? He, he's a decent player. They've got a young centre-half who went off to Liverpool pre um, without signing a scholar. So there is going to be things. And apparently, you know, and I understand it because nine times out of ten, you're, you know, they've just become a Cat 1 team, which I can't understand. Well, I can understand, but you're a Cat 1 academy now, but you've got no youth academy. So I get it. You know, you want to do that. Maybe being Cat 1 status will attract people to your B and C teams, but it doesn't really make sense. But I do understand it because you could argue it's not money effective. You know, what's the point of buying, finding a talented player 
at, at, at thingy, 16 years, of, I mean, at six years of age, having him till he's 16 and then seeing the big boys just take him and you're not really getting paid for it and well compensated. So you'd rather say, all right, cool, you know what? You lot want these players, have them. We'll, we'll do the other building people and apparently as you lot know apparently Birmingham are actually willing to offload some of their top academy players as part of a potential money making scheme people um, so hopefully people and as you lot know a number of youngsters are either attracting interest from rival clubs or trying to secure a way a move away from Birmingham hopefully we can take advantage of such people and obviously you've seen teams like Brentford do this Arsenal have actually signed a couple of youth players at Brent from Brentford because of this people and I'm sure a lot of people will be circling around Birmingham especially if I was the other Midlands teams if I was West West Brom, if I was Leicester, if I was these sort of teams there, I'd be like, hey, you don't want to move too far? Come and do this thing, man. You know? Um, so it, it is it is what it, it is what it is in that regards. People will have to see what or just simply what that what that has to say, people. So yeah, man, we've spoken a lot, we've spoken a lot, people, about stuff. But yeah, man, it's been a fantastic 42 minutes. I'm gonna get out of here. Please make sure, you know, you head over to the YouTube channel. I'll be live from 11.30. You know, all links to my socials, the Instagrams, the rest of it are in the descriptions. Please make sure you're following across Apple, across um, you know, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, whatever, Google, whatever you have to do to listen to the deluded podcast, make sure you're doing that. You know, please make please make sure you're hitting the like button or whatever equivalent buttons there are. Let's push this thing out there. It's been fantastic speaking to you guys, people, but all good things come to an end. Take care of yourselves and I'll be back on Tuesday reviewing the Premier League action and any talking points I come across before then. Well, you know, for, until we get to that period. But for now, hopefully I'll come back and Arsenal have beaten Newcastle. We need three points. It is what it is in that regards. People deluded. I'm out. God bless. <laughs>